Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everyone, to Life on the Bubble. I'm Andy Katz. Pleased to be joined by my co-host here, Seth Greenberg. We're looking at the Midwest and West Sweet 16s. That is the right side of your bracket. Uh, Midwest in Kansas City. We've got Houston, Miami, and then we've got Texas Xavier. In the West, out in Vegas, we've got a big-time rematch. And we'll get to that momentarily. UCLA, Gonzaga, and UConn, Arkansas. A couple of very intense head coaches with Eric Musselman and Dan Hurley. Those games at T-Mobile Arena. First time ever the NCAA tournament is in Las Vegas. Of course, conference tournaments have been there. Final Four will be there in 28, home of the Raiders. All right, let's start with the Midwest and KC. Uh, Houston, Miami. Uh, this is a Houston team that's been hurt throughout the course of the tournament, yet they didn't look it against Auburn. Uh, Stasser, she, these guys came to play. They scored over 80, which has not been their norm. Uh, and, uh, you know, they got through sort of a rough patch there in Birmingham, and here they are in KC taking on a Miami team that, you know, naturally struggled against Drake in the first round and then just absolutely had that second gear against Indiana. Yeah, I feel, look, the second half of the Houston game uh, – against Auburn was the best they've played in probably a month. Now that was that was vintage Houston basketball under Calvin Sampson. They defended with a purpose, terrific guard play, rebounded the basketball. Uh, Marcus Sasser looked like Marcus Sasser. He looked like a healthy Marcus Sasser, make a play after play. But when he got in foul trouble and went out, Traymond Mark, that was the best he's played probably in a month. Jamal Shad obviously is doing what he does. The front court rebounds and defense. They're playing against a Miami team. This, these are two teams, and you know, I had, we did our college game day podcast yesterday, and uh, you know, Reese thought they were different. I said no, they're very similar. More pack line oriented, physical defensively in gaps. Miami's defensive numbers aren't great, but but they're playing very good defense right now. Terrific guard play. Nigel Pack, Wuga Poplar, obviously the ACC Player of the Year, and Isaiah Wong. The X factor in this game could be Jordan Miller. Jordan Miller is an absolute matchup problem. Uh, Norchad Amir, he's the equalizer on the glass for Miami. This is a very tough matchup for Houston because they have a mature team that can match their physicality, can rebound the basketball with them, all right? And in the backcourt where I think Houston, if they're going to win a national championship, it's going to be in their backcourt a lot like Baylor did they have played against a backcourt that will not back down and has the same shot makers and floor gamers that they have. All right. So does Miami get back to another lead eight? <clears throat> I've got used to win this game in a very close one, but I would not be shocked if Miami wins this game. I've been, hey, I haven't picked Miami all tournament. And you know what? They're just smacking me around. All right. This other game, uh, this is going to be, I think, maybe the most entertaining offensive game in the Sweet 16 because both teams can score. Serge Barry Rice has been phenomenal off the bench. He's just launching threes. Suddenly, Dylan DeSue can score from all over the court. Uh, obviously, we know about Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, and Timmy Allen when he's healthy. Xavier's got, you know, Suli Boom, Kobe Jones, Jack Nungy, uh, Adam Kunkel, Jerome Hunter. All these guys can score. Um, I think it's going to be a really entertaining game between Xavier and Texas. Well, if it's a free-for-all, Andy, Texas is not going to be very happy. Because Texas, Texas is still built on the defensive end. Texas's identity is on defensive end. So, like, <clears throat> if, if this is what you just explained, I can tell you Rodney Terry is not going to be a very happy coach. And, and, and the Texas players won't be very happy. No, Texas has got to get stops. 
That's who they are. When they get stops, they score. Texas's perimeter defense has got to be able to get up up and under. Boom. Run Kunkel off the three-point line. Make sure that they are aware of Kobe Jones. Make I, I sure guess that's my point, Seth. My point was that in a lot of these matchups, a lot of these teams can't put five guys on the floor that can score. Both these teams can put five guys on the floor on each side that all can score. Yeah, but 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 again, we talk about identity. And yes, the, no, identity the identity of this Texas team is on the defensive end. And the Sioux can defend Kunkel, uh, can, can defend Nunji on the perimeter. That's a big plus. Not a lot of people have the ability to defend uh, Nunji on the perimeter and also keep him a little bit off the offensive glass. I think that Timmy Allen, Kobe Jones matchup is to me is going to be a, a fun matchup to watch. Timmy Allen's the, a lot of ways the X factor for this Texas team. Uh, Texas was probably a little bit more physical. Xavier's a little bit more skilled. Um, I, I'm a big, big right Texas fan, and Ronnie Terry's done a great job. Coach Donald's done a great job. Their staff has done a great job of keeping this team together. I think in a lot of ways, as great a story as Sean Miller's uh, is, and he inherited six returning leading scorers and an old mature team, and he put them in position to play to the strengths. He reinvented himself offensively of how they're playing. I think Texas wins this game. Yeah, we could have Houston versus Texas, one versus two in KC with the right to play in Houston, which obviously would be a home game for Houston, but it wouldn't be that much. of I mean, it still would be pretty much a home game for Texas if they're playing in the Final Four, uh, you know, in Houston. Oh, it would be Texas people there, Andy. That'd oh, yeah. Cool. I'll tell Either you what, way. The, the value of that ticket would be going way up. Yes. All right, let's go to Vegas. Um Arkansas-UConn, UCLA-Gonzaga, Eric Musselman, Dan Hurley, Arkansas-UConn. You talk about two intense, fiery coaches who are going to be, you know, going back and forth on the sideline. What do you think of that one? And this is going to come down to if UConn can handle basketball. It's real simple. They got to handle basketball. I mean uh, Arkansas is built on the defense. And they got to guard the ball, UConn, keep it out of the lane, Force a contested shot, rebound the ball against a very aggressive offensive rebounding team and a very athletic team. And then they've got to deal with the defense of, of this Arkansas team. Contain Devo Davis, contest Nick Smith, but more importantly, Tristan Newton, Diara, Jordan Hawkins, you can't disappear. you got to come off those screens hard. If they show on those screens or switch on those screens, the screen has got to slip or the screen has got to seal. They got to be able to not, not allow that defensive pressure to take away the ability to get the ball to snow going to glass in, in a paint. They've got to use their size and get to the offensive glass. To me, it's really simple. If, if UConn runs offense and takes care of the basketball, UConn wins this game. Yeah, because how does Arkansas deal with ugly, Sonogo and Klingon? Excuse me? How does Arkansas deal with Sonogo and Klingon? Well, that, well, you deal with Sonogo and Klingon by pressuring the basketball. Ball pressure buys time. You deal with Sonogo and Klingon by defending and forcing turnovers so they can't get them. You deal with Sonogo and Klingon, all right, by forcing Connecticut to run their offense a step further out. So if they can do that, that's why I say it comes down to guard play. You know, Naheem Aline, Diara, and, and Tristan Newton got to be good. And then Jordan Hawkins, Debo Davis is going to be right in your shape. That's just the way it's going to be. So you know what? You're going to have to come off those, flying off those screens. You might have to shot fake. And you know what? He's going to be up and underneath you. 
you got to rip it and be strong with the basketball. That's to me what this game's going to come up, come 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 down to. And then you're going to have to deal with the two nutty coaches. <laughs> and once again, I'll say it again: if Arkansas wins, if Eric Musselman takes that shirt off, not only should the NCAA fine him, I know the SEC fines the school if they storm the court. It should be a double fine. Well, Dan may rip off the glasses. Um, all right. little history of this game, UCLA-Gonzaga. First of all, last time they met in the Sweet 16 was 2006 in Oakland. J.P. Batista shouldn't probably run the uh, ball down. I think Jordan Farmer maybe stripped him there. That was Adam Morrison's last game. Then they met in the Final Four a couple years ago in the bubble. Jalen Suggs, payback, buzzer beater. They go to the national championship game. Those two teams met in this same building a couple months later. I was there in November of 21. Gonzaga blows them out. That was the Chet Holmgren year. Now here they are again. And what I, I think, you know, I talked about the scoring uh, matchups potentially. I, I agree with you on the Texas Xavier. But Jaime Jaquez and Drew Timmy, both these guys could go for 20, 25, 30. Um, you know, and to me, that obviously is going to be really entertaining to see how those guys are able to score. UCLA without Jalen Clark, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, and yet they've still been able to advance to the Sweet 16. We see this all the time. Big-time guy goes down. Someone steps up. They've still been banged up. And then the Zags, that second gear against TCU, they finally made shots. Malachi Smith, Rasheer Bolton, they made some threes. Um, you know, Julian Strother was great the first game, not great the second. Uh, so we'll see which of the guards show up for either time. I mean, Tiger Campbell, 12 for 12 from the free throw line, doesn't make a field goal. So it's going to be a really intriguing matchup. Yeah, and Gonzaga's uh, improved defensively. They've Since the St. Mary's loss, they've really improved defensively. They extend their defense a little bit. They can force the turnovers. Uh, they limit their exposure in the half court. I can see them doing that to UCLA just because UCLA plays slower to really make it even easier and, and kind of disrupt their rhythm. Um, you know, a dem bone has got to stay down. A dem bone has got to stay down. I'll say it again. A dem bone has got to stay down. Because Drew Timmy is going to move them, shot fake them, step through, spin, and then they're going to decide where they're going to double from. I think Malachi Smith's been a huge addition in the last month for Gonzaga. Gives them a physicality, a downhill driver uh, who can play the contact, who is, is to me, is playing his best basketball. Uh, Jaime Jaquez, Mick does a great job of moving them all over the court. Singleton's going to make some shots. Jaquez has got to do what he does. Bone's got to stay out of foul trouble. I think that shot selection, you know mixed shot selection is going to be good. Defensive transition, you know it's going to be good. Can they steal a couple of possessions on the offensive glass? I think that's going to be really important. And then pace of play. Uh, you know, Mick's going to want to find ways to slow down the rhythm of, of the Gonzaga offense. Uh, I think they will try to pressure the basketball. Clark would be huge in this game. There's no doubt about it because he gets some easy buckets out of the defense. But they got to find a way to – uh, force Gonzaga to play deeper into the clock so that they don't just flow from transition right into it. So UCLA going to have to make some shots so that Gonzaga's taking the ball out of the net. And the example I use, if St. Mary's in the game at Gonzaga, and even in the first half of the game at St. Mary's, they couldn't make a shot. So all of a sudden, Gonzaga's coming in transition, and they're deep into the lane. They're flattening the defensive out, defense out. If you're taking the ball out of the net, it's easy to set your defense. 
If you're not taking the ball out of the net, it's hard to impact flow. So UCLA's not only got to own the tempo, but they're also going to make shots so they can set their defense. And I think that's what the game will come down for. Bone has got to stay out of foul trouble because the other bigs that come in laterally, they just cannot defend Drew Tibby. You know, one thing that happened, I was at uh, their practice on the off day in Denver, and uh, Mark Few kept stressing to the, the, the guards that against Grand Canyon, they were kind of lolling a little and, and soft passes and just saying, A against TCU, and at this point in the NCAA tournament, everything has to be crisp, hard, the cuts have to be hard, the passes have to be hard, nothing soft. And, you know, clearly – they cannot turn the ball over because that's been a problem for them, especially in the first half. They've had to come back a lot this season. Uh, and TCU does that to you, though. Right. No, but I mean, I still think even though you said it's not TCU, they got to take what I was watching him say to them. They got to continue that because if they can be crisp and not turn the ball over and not get behind, which is what's happened to them, because at some point you're not going to be able to come back. Uh, that's critical when they're not thinking win this game. Yeah, I mean, look, this has been a great matchup. It's the best matchup on the West Coast. Maybe you throw Arizona in there. You know, those are the three teams that people want to see on the West Coast. Um, you know, uh, two great coaches, two great personalities in their own way. You know, I know one thing, Mick will be much better dressed than Fuey. And there's no doubt about it. I think Fuey, in honor of Mick wearing, like, all those expensive suits, he should go back to the blue blazer and the white polo. That's just my thought. But that ain't happening. But hey, one more uh, thing before we go. I, I'm just curious. Put in perspective in this era. You know, I was there, and obviously I'm biased because I was just there. But eight straight Sweet 16s for the program, and three straight Sweet 16s for Drew Timmy. You know, because the first year when he was a freshman was the COVID year, so there was no tournament in 20. Um, everyone thinks he's been here forever. You know, he's only played four straight years, and this is three straight Sweet 16s, which really is remarkable in today's current climate. Yeah, I'll give you a better one. 25 straight NCAA tournaments for Tom Izzo. Yes. And 15 Sweet 16s. So, you know, hey, look, True Timmy's a great player. He's a great player. He's he's a great college player. He's a he's good for the game. Uh, he's fun to watch. Gonzaga's fun to watch. All the people that said Mick Cronin wouldn't fit at UCLA and killed him. Once again, gurus will be gurus. Uh, he's done an absolutely phenomenal job. Uh, so, uh, all right. So, who do you like? I if you can coach. Had UCLA you can coach. Of uh, I got UConn coming. I, I I don't change my bright look. I picked UConn. I'm sticking with UConn. Yeah, I picked UCLA, so I got to stick with them. Yeah, so, I mean, like I, I any of that. those guys. You know, quite honestly, any of those four guys uh, are more than deserving. I look at them from the coach's perspective. Be really cool to see any of those four guys get to a Final Four, compete for a national championship. I fill out one bracket. This is my bracket. I got three teams left in the Final Four. You know, pure luck. I love when people say, "Oh, you you didn't have." Well, yeah, either did you. <laughs> I love people say, "Oh, you didn't have." Well, you know, you didn't have three teams left in the Final Four. Hey, if I knew all the answers, I'd be in a penthouse in Vegas. Count my money. All right. Well, obviously, there's going to be some great games Thursday and Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And by next week, we obviously will have our final four in Houston. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, and I will be at Madison Square Garden this weekend. And then obviously Houston next week. And uh, I so- will be in Bristol, Connecticut. Yes, commenting and on by all. By the way, there's a second chance bracket on, on the, uh, the bracket marathon. Go to ESPN.com or download the ESPN app. There you go. Thanks for listening, everyone.